everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. It's Richard, Steve, and Angela. Hello. Hi Hi there. Good to be back. This is part A this week because we are trying to finish Luke before the beginning of the summer because we've been in Luke for a long time. Um, And so we're reading this week two chapters. And so rather than, I mean, normally one chapter, we're really fighting to try and get about an hour. hour. Mm. So we're like, okay, we'll do two podcasts and we'll try and do them a bit shorter. That's our aim. That's our, our, in faith, I'm speaking. That's right. Yeah, in faith. Um, So we're going to look at 19 and then we're going to have part B, chapter Mm. 20. Um, Because I think, I don't know, people might read separately. And yeah. Yeah, makes yeah, makes more yeah, sense. Yeah. And so we're picking up chapter 19, um, and I, I remember last podcast, we sort of finished chapter 18, mm, and it mm. was like, okay, the connection, like this is an awful place for a chapter break to fall because the conversation <laughs> is like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much that flows between these two sections. And you've been thinking about this, Steve, haven't you? I have, and, and I think this is where, you know, part of our conversation was, you know, just how sometimes unfortunate these chapter breaks are. And so even in our effort to say, hey, we're going to cover chapter 19 and 20 separately, we're going to derail that right off the beginning yeah. almost because we're going to back <laughs> up a little bit into 18. Just a little uh, bit. Just to pick up, yeah. you know, part of that story to, I think, show it all. Um, maybe um, to just to draw these bigger themes together. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's some of the things I think Luke was hoping because they're, rec- they're recurring themes. Luke's writing in a way to try to help us see them all the way through the book of Luke. Mm. So we walk away with a sense of like, oh, that's that's a big thing to get yeah. from looking at Jesus and what he did and what yeah. he said. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so, yeah, so let's begin and, and go. But um, I think what what I saw in here, the reason I was thinking maybe we, we step back just a little bit is remember throughout all of Luke, what we've been seeing is these examples of this very sort of surprising countercultural um, positions that uh, Jesus has been teaching about, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, I mean, just think about even as we ended Sunday, letting the children come, these people that for the culture at this point in time, children wouldn't have had value and Jesus says no actually that's what you need to look like yeah um, and you have to approach that's um, truly I tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it so he's been throughout Luke as we've been studying it's all very you know head scratching especially yeah. for this audience yeah and the, it, the tension kind of builds because mm. you get surprise upon surprise upon surprise and actually, this chapter begins with Zacchaeus. Mm. And I think it is, again, like a leveling up. Like, we've yeah. had this theme of, like, oh, he eats with sinners. Oh, he hangs out with... Or, and, and now it's like, no, <clears throat> he actually is walking along, and he seeks out the tax collector yeah. and says, I need to go to your house. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a, an amplification of the sense of, like, the people who the kingdom is to do with Mm. and the dynamics of the kingdom are just not what people were expecting them to be right yeah and i love the shift also just what you said richard is 
that idea, we see Jesus before he would respond to people who would come to him, who would reach out to him, um, surprising how he would make time in a surprise in a in a way for these people that mm-hmm. that the disciples say, you know, don't don't give them the time of day. Yet Jesus welcomes the interruptions. But now we see his heart of pursuing people. Mm, yeah. It's a shift he's pursuing as he's going to the cross, yeah. pursuing people um, and pursuing um, God's plan. That would be him. a really interesting little personal Bible study to do, like take an hour to read through Luke mm. and just on a notepad jot down all the times Jesus made time for people. Because mm-hmm. 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 as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this and this. And, you know, yeah. they're coming to mind. There's so mm-hmm. That's actually so many. That's yeah. a be, really big theme. Yeah. And when he's willing to be interrupted and, th- and then also, as you said, the shift in, and, then, and then intentionally saying, hey, Zacchaeus, I got to go to your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's even different. You know, it's yeah. not just an interruption. He's intentionally stepping, um, uh, you know, away from his path. Yeah. Um, and I think probably to tell us even more to double down on all these messages of what he's been saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's it's a- it's kind of like the projects versus people thing mm-hmm. we talk about mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. We're a very project oriented mm-hmm. culture. Sometimes yeah. we miss the people. Jesus seems is quite different to our culture. Yeah. But he also, you know, there was that village that got annoyed at him because he was yeah. like going to Jerusalem. So mm. he he can have a goal that he's not deterred from. He can say no mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. or to an expectation because of something that he needs to go do. Yeah. So he's just a really interesting he's not the opposite of our culture, but he's like a here's what a healthy version mm. can look like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Hey, one of the reasons I, I thought even just stepping back a little bit further into chapter 18 was what all this thing, these um, dynamics that we've been talking about, um, and you mentioned early, you know, this unexpected kingdom. Well, I, I, back in, if you remember in the, starting in, you know, around chapter, sorry, in verse 31 in uh, chapter 18, is this prediction of going to the cross is yeah. this uh-huh. proclamation mm-hmm. and he talks about that in we've had all this discussion about the kingdom what it looks like to be the kingdom mm-hmm. and the kingdom's coming and the kingdom of God on earth and the cross we see is this inauguration really of like no that is his, the pinnacle so we, we're building to this mm-hmm. one moment this point in time and I think it's it's I think that's where I see this break between in chapter 18 um, starting with 31 is now he's really like he's set and determined to go yeah. to the cross and but we've got these other themes that are coming up in there because we saw um, it was hidden from them, from the disciples. They didn't understand what he was talking yeah. about. It was hidden from them. And isn't it interesting? The next story he tells is meeting this on the way to Jerusalem. He meets this blind man who can't see. So he's got something hidden from him. But there's something about blindness and faith that I think will come out over these next couple Mm -hmm. of verses. Um, 
because then he goes this, it was hidden from them. He sees this blind man. The blind man's trying to be blocked, you know, as we discussed last week. People don't want to let him see. And Jesus has him come forward and says, your faith has healed you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now he can see. Um, And then we get into Zacchaeus um, in chapter 19, right? At which verse 4 says, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Yeah. Um, Because Zacchaeus couldn't see him. He was too short. So it's again, it's that seeing. Yeah. It, may, I it love makes that. it's almost. I don't know, like we the Pharisees have been this example of people who thought they knew, mm. and it got in the way of seeing what was really going on. Mm. Um, uh, which is the pride and humility theme a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it relates to that as well. Mm. But then the disciples who've walked with Jesus for three years, and. Uh, you know, they go here from, you know, they, they have confusion. It's hidden. They can't see it. it it's almost yeah. like the words go in one ear and out the other, and they look at each other and go, huh? Yeah. But then a couple of chapters' time, we've got Peter denying Jesus. Yeah. You know, not, you know, uh, just trying to stand in the way. Uh, like, it, what the, the way that this king is going to be enthroned is so counter to anyone's expectation. And and I think it just speaks so much of the like the radical difference of God's love. Mm. Because it, as much as it's about the kingdom, it's about the king. Mm-hmm. What's this king going to be like? What are the means of his rule? How is he going to empower his kingdom? How is he going to exert his rule over others? And it's by serving them mm-hmm. and loving them mm-hmm. and dying for them. Yeah. You know, it, it just it's so different to everything that's broken in the world that I know if you follow Jesus for a while, they're familiar themes. And if you live in the West, a, a quite Christianized culture, there's other ones as well, you're a little bit familiar with these themes. But just how radically um, different these themes are is... It, it, Truly surprising. Truly yes. surprising, and I think um, it's it's also I, I don't know. I keep coming back to this theme of, of blindness and sight and faith through, that we're seeing throughout here, and I think it's so surprising sometimes that um, to not stop and ponder it, we actually do lose sight of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can't see that that's what our king might look like it, yeah. because it's so foreign to us. Um, yeah. Um, our, our expectation gets in the way. Yeah. Or what we already know yeah. or think we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, you know, as you read Luke, mm. you know, I, I I read a bit like, you know, the disciples mm. were flummoxed, basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just think, man, I don't want to, like, read through a chapter. And only catch the things that I already think I know about. Mm. Like, am, can I really pause all the voices in my head, you know, and really invite God's spirit? Is there something you want to show me that, um, you know, I'm not going to see by myself? Yeah. <laughs> and just the need for that sort of prayer as we approach yeah. God and, and why I'm so glad it emphasizes Jesus teaches about one of the roles of the Spirit to be the revealer of mm-hmm, truth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm looking at these disciples and being like, well, if they couldn't get it, I don't stand a chance. Yeah. 
But with God's spirit, now I can partner with God's spirit, trying to create space, trying to like humble my attitude and, um, and invite, um, yeah, something like seeing the things that are different and being shaped by them. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're talking about, Richard, as I'm reading into this, I'm reading this passage in chapter 19, is what the group of people were were actually experiencing. They saw Jesus and missed it. Verse 7, all the people saw this, meaning saw this, Jesus telling Zacchaeus to come down immediately. He's going to stay at his house. So all the people saw this, the theme of sight again, but then they mutter. That's their response, is muttering, not praising, worshiping. They mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And I almost like hear this tisk tisk. Like yeah. it was right there before them, but they didn't have the power, the vision, the sight of the Holy Spirit to see what was transpiring before them. Um, and then Zacchaeus answers, you know, but he stood up and said to the Lord, and then another, another sight word, look, you know, mm. and I don't know if I'm reading too much into this theme of like seeing um, sight being blind but i just like now that we've kind of opened yeah. this 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 rabbit hole I, I i'm seeing it a lot in this in this passage of who sees who doesn't who's pers- who is jesus pursuing who is not who is the tisk tisk um group in the background and and it's the word isn't there but the concept of well as well of who else zacchaeus sees mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in his response to seeing and being seen by jesus his uh, his actions are towards the poor that he may have defrauded. Mm-hmm. It's to make right relationships and to bring justice into the lives of those yeah. he's affected. So before going on, because I, I like that, but maybe we've just jumped ahead of like actually who Zacchaeus is yeah, and why is he a yet. sinner <laughs> um, and, and, and all that. Everyone's got that memorized, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so he's coming in through Jericho. Yes, and there's this so he's, guy he's on his way to he's getting closer way, to Jerusalem. Right? Yeah, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's passing through Jericho, um, and this guy Zacchaeus, um, who is the chief chief tax collector. tax collector. So he's not just the bad guy; he, he's like the Bond villain in yeah. the hollowed out volcano. Yes, like bad guy, yeah. the, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, uh, of all the people in the city, yeah. It's hard to imagine a more provocative person to go talk to. This is like the mob boss or mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, just And so he's crazy. like, what's going on? I want to see Jesus. Uh, I want to see who he was. But he's got, he's, <laughs> he's short. He can't see yeah. over the crowd. So he climbs up this tree to see him. And Jesus pauses, stops right there and says, dude, hey, you, yeah. Zacchaeus. I'm coming over for dinner. Do you think there's at all a sort of subtext here of, because he was short, he could have pushed to the front, mm. but maybe also a feeling like, I want to see Jesus, oh. but I can't approach Jesus oh. because I'm the chief tax collector. So I'm interested in this, but I'm distant from it. Oh, maybe. So yeah. may, maybe a little bit of that sort of, yeah. you know, like going into church and like, man, I like I think like God's doing something, but... Oh. I was a real jerk this week. I'm going to stand at the back. Uh-huh. So I, I kind of want to see, but I'm not sure I can go up the front, you know? 
Gosh, as, as you say that, I was thinking of, remember the parable, parable he just told about the tax collector mm-hmm. and the Pharisee in church, and the tax collector sort of stands at a distance, yeah. doesn't look up, and just beats his chest. Yeah. Um, maybe, oh, I, I hadn't so seen So a little it. connection, really maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and, then, and then, this is like, I don't know, I don't want to say it is the, this is one of the most provocative yeah. actions of Jesus in all Gospels. He walks up to the tree and says Zacchaeus. So he knows his name. Yeah. Which, who Jesus knows the name of mm-hmm. is really interesting because mm-hmm. I don't know. But it, we know names the, the, are important. Yeah, and, and there's a bit yeah. of intimacy and connection yeah. in a name, right? Yeah. Um, even in some of the parables, like the, par- the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man's name? Don't know. Don't know. Lazarus, you know, so, we do. Yeah. Everybody does. So Zacchaeus... Yeah. Hurry, so this mm. is I am urgent to do this. Yeah. Come down, um, for I must stay at your house today. Yeah. You know, of all the places in Jericho Jesus could have chosen yeah. to go, this is like the worst. This is like option Z. Like every other, every, <laughs> every other door's got to be closed yeah. for this to be the option open, um, which is. I mean, Luke begins with a stable mm. instead of an inn. You know, mm. it just where where Jesus is found located again is super surprising. Well, and and we've talked a lot about just hospitality and the role of hospitality in, in culture and that sort of thing. And so, in some ways, Jesus is kind of flipping this because he's sort of insisting mm-hmm. that you host me. As well, but um, but which to us seems weird, but in the ancient Near East, especially for a rabbi, Mm. a bit more normal, okay. And it was a way to honor, it was actually a good thing, okay. So, this is not going to be seen as an imposition, yeah. But here's the thing Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, because we've seen people interact with Jesus, you know, like and actually with good humility like the centurion who's like lord i'm not even worthy you should come to my house but say the word and my servant will be healed um so there's all sorts of reasons zacchaeus could have i mean as the chief collector said like i'm not worthy yeah but he received him joyfully Mm -hmm. and so it's a sort of interesting there's I, I wonder, because Zacchaeus is drawn because he's found out something about Jesus, mm. and Jesus has just been talking about tax collector. Yeah. Like, you know, I just wonder how much Zacchaeus has heard that created room for as Jesus approached him yeah. to actually not. I don't know. There's different ways of being seen. You mm. know, as mm. Jesus looks at him, what Jesus stopping and looking mm. at him mm. and saying his name would have meant to him. Um, but what it leads to is actually joyfully receiving mm-hmm. Jesus. And so when it says, uh, you know, about salvation coming to this house and, and we've we've talked about um, that theme of like your faith yeah, has made yeah. you well and things like that. Um, it's almost like some of the realities Jesus represented Zacchaeus knew yeah. about, but in this moment of personal contact, he actually received them. And it it changed his relationship with Jesus, but then it changed Zacchaeus. And that's the really profound thing to have this rich tax collector. And there's something so broken in their psyche 
that they have no problem unjustly treading mm. the uh, like oppressed people into the dirt to make themselves mm. rich and powerful. I, I mean, moral scruples zero. If this was like a top trump card, you know, mm-hmm, Zacchaeus mm-hmm. tax collector, moral scruples n- nil point. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, and then he he is then wanting to give half of his goods to the poor yeah. and restore anything he's defrauded from anyone fourfold. It's just this exuberant generosity where so much that was broken in him um, had, that brokenness has worked its way out in terms mm. of getting mm. and now redemption is working its way out in mm. terms of mm. giving mm. Um, and I think this is huge for our culture because we're a culture that has elevated getting as means of power, value, worth, security, mm. like all sorts of things. We have, I mean, a lot of cultures have brokenness in this area. Yeah. And I think it's why our generosity can be such a powerful conversation to have with Jesus. Mm. Uh, you know, just to, to see what our healing is looking like yeah. around some of those values. Yeah. Um, if I could, so I have a question around verse three when it says he wanted to see who Jesus was. Is mm. there, in the original language, I'm, I'm just wondering. The one time it, I don't bring my laptop so I can look the Greek up and you've got a Greek <laughs> question. Well, I'm just wondering <laughs> is that he wanted to see, that seems to have, as you've unpacked that, almost this, more than just I want to visually see him and check him out. It seems yeah. like this yearning to go to he's I think he's heard about Jesus, perhaps. And and this notion of he wanted to see seems to me like that's um I wanna see I wanna know him more. I wanna really experience him in a different way. Um and maybe I'm reading into that. I, I don't know because what happens mm-hmm. is he seen it's almost as though he's got this yearning, um, or maybe even this connection with Jesus when Jesus calls him by name, um, that he now sees the things his brokenness and what he's done and is willing to be transformed and changed by that. And I think about us mm-hmm. as we're as um, we are asking to um, to see Jesus in a way that sheds light on our lives that will change what I know is the brokenness in my life um, and yet I'm not sure what to do with it but I want to see Jesus I want to go to Jesus for that so he can take that brokenness mm-hmm. and transform it just like he's doing here he's taking that that accumulation yeah of and I maybe, you know, again, this may be me just reading really in between the lines, but this perhaps Zacchaeus having somewhere in the back of his mind this notion of there's something a little bit off about what I've been doing, just gathering all this wealth, all this, and like something doesn't see right seem right about it. If I see Jesus and sort of take that to him, if he really knows me, I can find a way to redeem that. Yeah, so. yeah. That, uh, like we might say, like a seeker's heart. You know, yeah. There's like there's some sort of self awareness that's grown mm-hmm. and that tension. 
yeah. that's felt, and mm. then uh, sort of reaching out to Jesus a little bit, mm. um, especially because that's what we see with the blind beggar in the end of the last chapter, yeah. and there's these are, they're really closely connected stories, yeah. and that was definitely a dynamic for him as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, let's keep let's keep moving forward through the chapter. Yeah. So, so uh, Zacchaeus, this is an awesome moment. Yeah. And then we get a, another parable, mm-hmm. mm. um, which is really interesting, right? Because it's as they heard these things. Mm-hmm. So as, as like you said, Angela, there's people uh, grumbling, watching, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, uh, can't believe he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the gossip circle is starting to go, mm-hmm. uh, uh, judging mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. Um, he tells them a parable um, and... Just this connection of Jesus, he's foretold his death. He's on his way to Jerusalem. It's not going to go the way they expect. But they're also, the the good, the kingdom is breaking out. Mm-hmm. Blind beggar, Zacchaeus. Yeah, all these, right. the, the kingdom's breaking out along this journey. Mm. And then there's a parable that's going to be about uh, the, the, the people in Israel mm-hmm. who God has... He, he made Israel this nation through which he could reveal himself and reach the world. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to partner with them. And yet his, his what are supposed to be the ones preparing for the kingdom and helping bring the kingdom in are actually standing in the way of the kingdom. Yeah. And so the, the <coughs> parable then, it, it relates to that sort of reality, which is... You know why it says, um, you know, they supposed the kingdom of God was about to appear immediately, and so it's kind of about their expectations about the kingdom, their view of themselves, and as you know, in uh, in contrast to their view of the kind of people that Jesus is actually interacting with, and where mm-hmm. the kingdom's mm-hmm. actually breaking out, and what the kingdom looks mm-hmm. like. Um, so he, he tells them this story of a, and it's it's a really interesting. Um, we've had a lot of parables where trust has been a major theme. Um, so it's another parable with someone going away and entrusting something to others, which is, I mean, that's the dynamic of God and his people, mm-hmm. like, and his, his chosen people, he worked through a nation. And, um, I, this is, I don't know, poignant for the people listening, yeah. the Israelites listening, the people yeah. living in Jericho listening. Mm-hmm. But it's poignant because um, God's partner now is his church. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there's like a alternate version of this parable that might relate to the lessons, yeah. relate to us really directly as well. And so he, he entrusts 10 minors, which is... Yeah, couple of months. I I don't get sometimes why translations don't just say yeah. four hundred dollars. Yeah. Like what you know, just like just test what it is. Yeah. You know, like no, we don't use that. Yeah. So ancient currency, but it was about um about a quarter of a year's wages wow. so for an average, so a substantial yeah. amount of money. Um, and he goes away. It's really interesting. He went into a far country. We're not going to have time to unpack all the layers of this parable. This is so a really amazing deep. parable. Yes, it is. Um, but he went away. I'll give you a top tip, okay? The best thing I've read on this parable is by Kenneth Bailey, oh, yeah. uh, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Yeah. He oh, does yeah. a really good job of pulling oh, yeah. out the layers and the construction of this yeah. parable. But um, So 
he goes to receive a kingdom so it's like he's gonna go um take authority somewhere else mm-hmm. and then return and and see what's happened and he says to ten, these 10 servants like engage in business trade do something yeah, yeah. with what i'm giving to you mm-hmm. uh so they're being made stewards uh, of this money um and so they and and there's sort of two points of tension yeah. in the parable the first is that um his citizens hated him and said we don't want you to reign off yeah. over us um so actually the the one who is the source of trust and the source of provision mm. that's actually being given to stewards to do something with the that they're being empowered from mm. um like that he's supposed to be a king but his kingship is rejected and so the sort of echoes of the father being rejected by Israel and of Jesus now God's you know king on earth being rejected by um, the people who mm-hmm. are supposed to receive him as the promised king that they're looking forward to so there's a sort of a layer of this parable is going to hit home for people and make them think well wait a second like it is is there a king coming that we're missing or yeah. is there a rejection that's happening that's not supposed to mm. or what? And then the way Luke puts this all together, the next thing that happened is Jesus is riding into you know, Jerusalem on a donkey mm-hmm. as a king. Right, so, right. <laughs> just yes, the, so like, with this ringing in the ears of people listening to this parable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we've got that layer of tension. But then we've also got like, but then um, even in the midst of rejection, he says, okay, but what did you do with what I trusted you with? Yeah. And then you've got th- uh, three responses. Um, so one person, they did loads. One yeah. person did a bit. And one person not Basically only did, did nothing, nothing, but Buried, there's yeah. a there's a twist on the, you know, they, the, the words they use, uh, um, well, Lord, here's your, here's what you gave me. I kept it laid away, folded in a cloth because I was afraid of you because you're a mm. scary man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take what you didn't deposit and you reap what you did not sow. Um, I, was, I was afraid. I didn't think you were trustworthy. And so I just, I hid it. And so it's a really interesting sort of contrast to the first two who uh, just come and say, here, look, I, I made mm-hmm. more money with the money you gave me. And they were rewarded for that. Yeah. In both yeah. times. In, in proportion yeah. to what yep. they, in proportion to their productivity, their faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. I think sometimes people read the second half of this parable and like, oh, this is a parable about productivity and being the mm-hmm. most productive we can. Mm, there's an echo of that in there, but I think that's largely mm. reading Western values in. Mm. Like, whenever there's a parable again parables 101 is look for the like moment where the crowd go <gasps> right and that's the the surprise twist is where like the key lesson mm. you know the the thing to grab a hold of is and it's the attitude of this person yeah that in the midst of rejection and tension they had been entrusted but what that attitude had turned into was fear and a 
a lack of trust back towards this nobleman and the decision of like I'm out I don't want to participate yeah. and wasn't because, it because I'm afraid I do not want any part of this wasn't it also just a question um in verse 21, there's the fear, I was afraid of you. But then that statement, you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. Isn't that a lie that they're like a Un- false narrative that. That, they're, that they're 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 introducing here as a justification mm-hmm. yeah. for their fear? Yeah, because their, their view of this person is that basically you, what, what that is a kind way of saying is you steal. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, which is a lie. Dishonest. Yeah, and again, this is echoing. It, it's portraying for us uh, the attitude of the people in Israel mm. and the father mm-hmm. who didn't mm-hmm. trusted something to them. And, and so, but yeah. I, I just think that that's interesting that they they come up with lies to justify their unbelief, um, and I'm always thinking about how that applies to us today, yeah. as a culture in what we do or do not believe yeah. about Jesus and how much of that is the belief is based on truth and how much of the unbelief mm. is based on lies. Yeah. Mm. Well, and and the, the kind of unbelief it leads to here is to disengage mm-hmm. completely. Yes, Because that, that's the point of right. the, the nobleman mm-hmm. saying, why didn't you just put it in the bank to get interest? Uh-huh, okay. You know, it's like your fear here was not, well, I didn't want to risk it and lose it and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I tried, but I lost your money. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I went to Vegas and lost it on the slots. <laughs> you know, like, right. Right. Um, no, uh, you just, your fear was actually, you don't like me. You mm-hmm. don't trust me. Mm-hmm. You think I'm dishonest. Mm-hmm. And so you want no part of me. Mm-hmm. And we're about to see mm. a bunch of religious leaders plot to kill jesus so yeah let's get to that yeah do you want to keep moving on yeah i think keep moving on Uh uh-huh but but i i guess like the big because i said you know how this might relate to us Mm -hmm. is um to grab a hold of that idea of like disengaging completely yeah yeah um is uh, you know there may be some really dark stuff in the heart causing that Mm -hmm. so I don't know. We've. It's really hard to pick out the the kind of disengagement because we live in such a consumeristic culture. There's loads of people who they begin a life following Jesus. But I was actually thinking about this today. Um, uh, like when they when they step into a church. Or towards the gospel, or towards the scriptures, because someone tells them it's another way to succeed. Mm. As they start to experience success in their life, their need for success goes down. It's really easy to just not need it anymore, mm. right? Yeah. Because it, it actually was doing something for you that was not the thing it's designed to do. And um, I think in a consumeristic culture, it's really easy for us to sort of measure our engagement or why we need to engage in a utilitarian way in terms of what am I going to get out Transactional of this? Transactional mentality. What right? you're getting out of this was it's it's not a part of the story, but the reward of trust to be given more trust is that's the only thing that's, that's in here. Um, and that 
it's not the mm. kind of award that plays to our cultural values. No. Like I, I want to do like, hey, Steve, can I come work for your company? Can you give me a job? Because I really want a salary. It'd be really weird if you were like, yeah, I'll give you a job. And if you do well, I'll, I'll actually, you know, move you from 30 hours a week to 60 hours mm-hmm. a week. Were well, you going to pay me? Uh, now I'm going to give you more work to do because I trust yeah. you more. Because <laughs> I trust you more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is like this is really different. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and I just think it this it's really easy for us to to disengage and to sort of be observing things happening, but not be the blind beggar shouting out, to mm-hmm. not be Zacchaeus climbing a tree, to not be being seen to not, not have that desire to see Jesus, to, to not be engaged in the, where the kingdom's actually breaking out. Because uh, that, that's the, you know, that's the turning the one minus into 10 minus, right. mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for us to think it doesn't matter because we're measuring our success following Jesus in terms of how successful we mm. feel by mm. our cultural values. It's like, why don't I don't really, you know, I'm not worried about participating more and I don't feel like I need more of Jesus because, you know, I've, I've got a job. I'm not addicted to anything. I'm pretty comfortable. You know, I've got a somewhat healthy I marriage. I love on. my kids. Mm-hmm. I, I got all the stuff going on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but have you given half of your goods to the poor? Yeah. Yeah. You know, have you received sight? Have mm. You know, mm. and just, I, I just wonder putting these sections together how much this parable should make us think what fears in my heart yeah what trust do i can i not extend or not receive because that's the interesting thing this guy he won't by calling the nobleman basically a, a cheat and a liar he's like i, I won't extend trust to you yeah. but it's also then uh, and i won't receive your trust mm-hmm. and so just a it's a really interesting set of things in our culture to think about there, but that mm. could be a long conversation well, it's for good, another day. It, but I think it's re- really, you know, very, very helpful to look at this in the context of where it fits in this, in this yeah. overall dialogue, because I think, uh, I mean, this has really helped me to see this in a different way than just reading this in isolation. Yeah, yeah. this happened, um, this happened, this happened, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And it's yeah. it's not, I do... Uh, it's not like channel surfing. No, no. I saw yeah. so much more connection mm-hmm. yeah. to the, I mean, this, you know, the for the Son of Man came to seek the, and save the lost, you know, is followed immediately by this parable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the kingdom being inaugurated and, you know, going away. And uh, so there's so much more nuance and, and like interconnectedness yeah. of this these stories yeah. so that's really helpful and then the connection continues on into the next bit yeah. where Jesus rocks up to Jerusalem mm. on a donkey and is both received and rejected mm-hmm. as king by two different groups mm-hmm. of people um, and there's the little the little sort of miraculous provision detail in here that I love where um, you know he sends uh, the disciples ahead sends a couple of them and says, "Hey, go in this village, walk here, turn down here, and you'll see this donkey that no one sat on. I want you to untie it and bring it." Yeah. And like, see, so I mean, this is kind of like, see, so you want us to go steal a car, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> um, and uh, Jesus uh, reassures them and says, "If anyone asks you, 
then say the Lord has need of it and they'll let you, Mm -hmm. you know, just like the idea that God's doing something and some random person out in, in, uh, Bethany, is it Bethany? Um, where almost it's not unrelated, but it's all separate from Jesus's direct intervention. God's doing something in someone else Mm -hmm. that's actually joining up with the Jesus Mm. story. (laughs) So I love, Mm -hmm. I just love the richness Mm. of like that tapestry of different things God's doing. Yeah. So, so he, so then he, he's going into Jerusalem on a donkey and then some people are throwing their, uh, cloaks on the donkey mm. it's sort of like the hospitality the joy the exuberance the excitement um and people are rejoicing they're praising god um they're excited um and then the pharisees are saying hey you should tell everyone stop like this is wrong yeah. because you're not a king um and so real contrast <laughs> yeah and, and wouldn't we, like, they should have uh, seen as well, because I know in, uh, I think, is it Matthew or um, John's account, you know, they, they quote this, uh, this passage from Isaiah. This yeah. Prophecy about riding, the king coming, riding on a, yeah. on a donkey, on a colt. Yeah, and um, actually the theme of riding on a donkey, it's, on Isaiah, it's also in, yeah. I think, Zechariah. Yeah. It, it pops up a couple of times, couple of times this idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... I mean, how counterculture! This isn't a king coming in on a war horse, you yeah. know. All. Which is and what they they, they had a box for this. Yeah. Yes. So in our culture, we you know like you go to London and see yeah. all the marble statues of like famous generals and like yeah, yeah they're all on like let's have an impressive looking yeah. steed. Yeah. But coming in on a horse was a way to enter a city to say I'm coming to conquer you. Yeah. But a donkey was still because we think of a donkey as like a lowly animal yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. You know, but a donkey was still something that a king rode mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what David rode into yeah. Jerusalem on. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, but riding on a donkey is a way of being like, I'm not coming in to fight. I'm, I'm coming, coming in, in peace. peace. Yeah. Like a peace is secured, so I'm mm-hmm. now yeah, coming yeah. in just to take the throne. Yeah. And um, I, I love just the power, the the sort of juxtaposition of the the power and the weakness that we see here in in Jesus. You know, he's 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 the king, but he's also humble, um, yeah. and and he will be. Um, his mission is to die in our place for salvation. Yeah. The 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 most humble thing um, as a servant, um, the lamb. Yeah, the sacrifice, the, this kind of these images of, of just humility, um, but he can only do it because of who he is and mm-hmm. his power mm-hmm. as being the son of God. Um, and so uh, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. This, this, this cult donkey um, imagery is something mm-hmm. that has always struck me. Mm-hmm. Also that this, this cult would have been um, not tamed not able to be ridden um Mm -hmm. and most people have to quote like break the horse the donkey in order to tame it Mm -hmm. but jesus doesn't break he comes to heal and just that idea of and not only was he did he hop on and ride him he hopped on and rode him through a crowd 
Yeah. Which like would have been the hardest thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I just that. this scene. I've looked at it a few times and yeah. and I, I really just love it. I know we're we're running out of time, yeah. but I just had to. And, I, know, and I love chime Jesus, in. Jesus is because there is a fickleness to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Because a few days later they're going to be shouting, "Crucify him!" Yes. So they, but there is stuff that happens in between. Mm. So there's, but we're we'll going to we're going to journey through that. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but the, so there is a fickleness. The Pharisees, though, they represent the like we don't want you to be king, yeah. and we don't think you are a king. And tell all these people to f- shut up. <laughs> you letting these people treat you this way um, is you lying to them. Yeah. <gasps> Didn't we just read about you take what you is not yours? Yeah. You mm-hmm. read what you did not. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there, there it is, you know, yeah. connecting. But then I like Jesus's response is so interesting because Jesus is trying to reveal his kingship. Yeah. But if Jesus just said, "I'm a king," people would have been like, "Oh, boom!" Right. Well, so we know this, this, yeah. and this about you. So he, he never does that. Mm-hmm. But he's always trying to like create space for people. Like it's like, but you're not saying you're a king. Why are you mm-hmm. not? And it's like he leaves them in this tension. Mm-hmm. It's like. Uh, you've got like this word king is broken to you yeah. so I kind of need to show you I'm I'm a ruler yeah. without um, just stepping into your expectations mm-hmm. and so he says I tell you if these crowds were silent even the stones would cry out mm-hmm. and so it's it's sort of there's something right about what's happening like these people maybe duplicitous and confused and things like this but there's something right um, about what's happening but I think it also it just is a nod to hey what's happening right here is about more than just you in this city it's about the whole of creation like God is that's the sort of there's echoes of this all the way through the prophets Mm -hmm. Um, and what Jesus is doing is actually and what Jesus is going to do the next two things i think luke's trying to help us see like what jesus's entry into jerusalem is is fulfillment of lots of prophecy and his actions connect to lots of prophecy Mm. um and the prophets make clear like god is not just redeeming sins he's redeeming his whole creation like the whole creation got marred and broken and twisted and set off course and god is actually going to achieve getting the whole thing the way he wants it to be and so it's almost like the whole the whole of creation, like the crowds are watching, the Pharisees are watching, but creation creation is watching as well. You know, yeah. I, 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 would, don't, I would, don't don't quite know what it looks like for a rock to be watching, but well, there's a sort I, I of was, an uh, image in there. I, I was yeah. just looking for what's the, the psalm that talks uh, about 96. really all heaven and earth, yeah, mm-hmm. cry out and, yeah. and and rejoice and praise the Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and e- even, I mean, the last chapter, it, this is kind of cool. So on Wednesday prayer, um, I think it was Psalm 8 or 9, mm, but it's about mm. God has established strongholds through yeah, the praise yeah. of children yeah. and then the coming like little children. But yeah, you've got like lots of, like God's doing lots of work in places we think because mm. we we think of our own agency as being at the forefront of where work happens Mm. we sort of think you know adults in their prime is where it's at yeah but actually (laughs) god's got a richer thing Mm. going on it's psalm 96 11 if 
if what anyone wants to look at it. Let, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice be, yeah. before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's just beautiful. There's other places. I think Isaiah There's 55. A lot. Yeah. There's yeah. other places, yeah. Yeah. So and then the chapter finishes with Jesus. So he's coming to Jerusalem, and he does two very different things, and they're just like short snippets, and they're sort of uh, almost like opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, the first thing is he draws near at the city; is he weeps over it, mm. Mm. Um, and so there is empathy, there's brokenheartedness, there's sadness, there's grief about the brokenness of the city, about the rejection that this city is is making that will continue to make uh, and jesus says oh, i wish that you even you had known on this day the things that make for peace mm. but now they're hidden from your eyes mm. so there's just that desire for them to see but that grief over the things that are in the way of them seeing mm. Uh, that there's a blindness. So we've got that blindness and seeing well, thing. Yeah, I mean, again. that's why I, yeah. that keeps mm -hmm. coming up. And I just, I think of, you know, what Paul tells us in, in Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians, he says, for we live by faith, not by sight. And, yeah. and like throughout this, because we've got these images of blindness, of not seeing, of not knowing, yeah. um, I, I don't know, that's just, it just jumped out to me. Yeah. <laughs> like you've got to see, um, you know, with your eyes of faith, yeah, um, at what I'm really doing here, and and that Jesus talks about, he actually says, in effect, I see the judgment that's coming mm. because of this. Rejection. I see right. what this is going to lead to, and uh, just a beautiful picture. And we see God's heart, uh, like through the prophets, God does a lot of warning, rebuking. Yeah. Like if you continue down this path, this is the pain that will come your way. Mm. And it's really easy because we're broken people to read a vindictive tone of voice. Yeah. But the amount of times that God weeps over yeah. the destruction, like in uh, I think in Isaiah twenty-seven, something like that, yeah. it's like he's like, "Don't like I see the desolation that's going to come. You can't even console me. I'm so upset about yeah. it." Mm -hmm. And so you see God's heart here is just he's so brokenhearted because of what their blindness is going oh, yeah. to bring about for them so that's like a beautiful picture of this king coming in His experiencing some rejection knowing he's going to be killed by these people yeah. that are receiving him right like once the penny drops about what kind of king he really is that they're going to want to crucify him and yet he's still brokenhearted and yeah. it's i i don't know there's there's an introduction of a theme actually it we've seen it a few times um but maybe it's coming more in the foreground that's gonna culminate in things like jesus's compassion to the people mm -hmm. crucified next mm -hmm. to him his forgiveness for those that are crucifying mm -hmm. him crucifying him um, you know just that even in the face of these things uh, that that heart towards people is amazing but and so and so him him weeping this is like this is what the prophets did this is a yeah. fulfillment of like oh this is this is godliness this is mm. what a, a man of god looks mm. like mm. but then we get another prophetic echo because he 
Um, is the, he oh, comes into the temple. Comes into the temple. I'm just trying to remember. Is this Jeremiah that did this? I, th- I think it was... Um, we're at the end of the chapter. My brain's gone. I th- you can Google it or look in the cross-references in your Bible. Mine doesn't have any cross-references, so I'm lost. <laughs> but I think it's Jeremiah actually stands in the midst of the temple courts and gives the same rebuke about having Jeremiah broken. Jeremiah 7.11. Okay. That you've broken the purpose of this place because yeah. mm-hmm. it's, be it's supposed to be a place where like reconciliation with God happens where people receive from God and you've actually, you know, broken it and turned it into something else. And isn't it, I mean, it's like Jesus now becomes the temple. He becomes that intercession for the people and the play, the temple's broken, but Jesus and Jesus will be broken mm-hmm. on the cross, but then restore to mm-hmm. restore it and give salvation to all his people. Yeah. So this Jesus going to the temple at this moment is profound because yeah. it's a yeah. foreshadowing of what he's about to do physically um, and spiritually yeah. for, f- on behalf of yeah. the broken. And I think it connects to a theme here of like being a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Mm-hmm. Is like uh, it's supposed to be a place where there's access, but you're putting broken things in mm-hmm. the way of access. Mm-hmm. And that is just like the self-righteous people shushing the blind beggar. Yes, you know, so yes. we've we've seen these. What are the things that get in the way, or like the disciples trying to prevent the children coming to Jesus, um, and so, so another barrier, another, another just barrier. the barrier being thrown up between people yeah. and God, and and that Jesus, it not is going to not has a heart to, but literally goes in the temple and kicks butt to mm-hmm. get those barriers out of the way, mm-hmm. and so we've seen it sort of grow into Jesus' intentionality to go to seek the lost, like Zacchaeus, to step over a barrier so he can be seen. Yeah. And yet, like, yeah, this is God's heart. So God's heart is so in the foreground at the end of this chapter of his compassion, his brokenheartedness towards people who are lost and going to, like, they're experiencing pain because of their sin, because of rejection. And yet his intentionality and his activeness in bringing down barriers because uh, a place of encounter uh, of connection of reconciliation is what he's actually uh trying to i don't know enshrine protect you know that's what he's for <laughs> and i just this scene also like both of the one with him coming in on the donkey but also this one of him um, and I've studied this mostly where it is in Matthew, um, where he, it says, you know, he overturns um, the, the tables. Yeah. And and just um, this is the only place where he, in the Bible, where he shows anger. Mm-hmm. And it's righteous anger. And um, because it, because people are being exploited um, in in the temple by those by those who were selling this was a place of commerce of of those coming to sacrifice um, being sold animals to sacrifice right there at the temple for an upcharge mm-hmm. so they'd have to pay more money and it's exploiting those who want to be faithful yeah. for money so this this holy place is, is, has been 
has been changed into a place of commerce. Yeah. Um, and we don't see this exactly in this part of Luke. It's more in Matthew. But but just that idea of um, of it goes back to this parable that that we just looked at of um, actually God's economy is one of trust, is one of of um, rather than transaction, yeah. it, it, tra- not monetary transaction with um, with the ki- the servants of the kings, but more trusting Jesus, yeah. and um, so it kind of and brings that, that theme, theme of trust again from mm-hmm. the parable as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love it. So that connection there, I, th- I thought was interesting. But okay, it's been great. So we're just under an hour. That's yep. part A. Okay, awesome. part B. We're going to wait a few days and have another chat about chapter twenty. Sounds so good. So lots to think about this week. Hope you're enjoying reading. We're at the pointy end of Luke. It's really awesome to see all this. So exciting. Come to a head. And so yeah, enjoy. Keep reading. Okay. Have a great week.